Episode 6, The Spoon Drop Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Martin Luther King Jr. Make those words mean something. Especially right now, in today's America. Hey, take pride in being an American if you are one. Hey, take pride in being whatever, sis, and you are Canadians, whoever's listening in. I know you guys take pride. Uh, guys I play hockey with, the guys from Czech, Slovakia, they all take pride in their countries. You know, they love their flags. So, uh, you know, we need to get back to that, everyone. But uh, we need to do it united. I miss us all being on the same page. So yeah, just uh, just coming out of 9-11, it makes you think back to those times where really there was no issues here on our lands. And I know it was super hard times for immigrants from the Middle East. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that embraced them. And then there was people that, you know, took every bit of hatred out on them and that's wrong but uh you know at the end of the day i think everyone uh you know learned you know it, it was them and their families too that were getting hurt because they're here and they're u.s citizens they left there they left there because of the violence they came here so you know we're i don't know if you could believe this i'm recording monday night we're a hundred and 86 days into this whole thing wearing masks all this stuff since back in march that 186 days i don't know if it feels like it to you but it feels like 1800 days so i feel like i'm a kid again where time like barely moves i know you guys know what i'm talking about when you were a kid summer lasted forever and it was awesome so uh I wish we could get back to that, but I guess, you know, they did it for us. That's the way I kind of felt this summer. The summer flew by, but it also dragged on when I think about how long it was. It was, uh, it was kind of never ending. Maybe that's because this is never ending, but everyone keep doing what you can. Let's stop this thing. Let's stop the spread of it so we could get back to normal, uh, 29.4 million cases of COVID in the world. 21.2 million have recovered. Congratulations to those 21.2. But uh, uh, I still don't think we're at a million deaths. So we don't like talking about that. But, uh, you know, we're, I still don't think we are uh, at seven digits. So, you know, let's keep it going. Let's nip this thing in the butt, guys. I want to get back to normal. You know how hard this is well you know i'm sure the nhl guys know the nhl guys know why because they're living in a bubble if you don't know what that means it like what it sounds like there's the movie the bubble boy they're in a bubble they're only with each other and uh you know i think they've done an amazing job i haven't even heard of a case popping up but uh, in football, baseball, all this stuff, you've heard of all these positive cases. Hockey? No. And uh, I don't know if it's 
the way they did it, where they did it. You know, they're in Canada, so they played all their games. The Eastern Conference started all their games in Toronto. The Western Conference did all their games in Edmonton. And uh, now they combined, and they're doing the rest of the games right there in Edmonton. And, uh, you know, Edmonton. I know Toronto this, that, but Edmonton. When I think of that, that's like like Montreal. That's like the second hockey capital of Canada. You know, it surpasses Toronto. Why? Because in my lifetime, they won four Stanley Cups. That's why. Because Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Grant Fuhrer, Paul Coffey, Glenn Anderson, all like legends, legends played there. You watch the tapes of these guys. They were beyond their years. They... They were ahead of their time. The moves uh, Yari Curry would do with Gretzky and the passes they would make, they blew guys' minds on other teams. They had no clue what was happening. But let's go because guess what? We have our first team that's going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, the Dallas Stars knocked off the Vegas Golden Knights and are heading to the finals. This is the first time since Brett Hall and Mike Madano and Darian Hatcher were on the Dallas Stars. The Stars are back in the finals. Whoo! So tomorrow night, Tuesday night, tonight for you guys listen, is uh, probably the deciding game of the East. And I think Tampa's going to take it. I know the pesky Islanders, they're pesky, but you know, they're they're hanging on by a thread, you know. They uh, definitely outplayed the Philadelphia Flyers, the pesky Islanders, but uh, they're just outmatched with Tampa. Tampa, they look great, and uh, I look forward to a Tampa Bay Lightning Dallas Stars final. And as much as I like the guys on Tampa, I still dislike them from when they were playing the Hawks in the finals. I just you know, but the Dallas Stars. Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, these guys are ripping it up. And I don't know if you know this, but I believe it was two seasons ago or maybe just a year ago, their owner called them out in the media and uh, said they weren't doing their job pretty much and called out players on the team, especially the captain, Jamie Ben, who I think is an absolute stud. I think he is. You know, if you don't, uh, if you don't know, and you've watched them play, uh, it's because he's just he's just quiet. He works hard. It's like a Marion Hosey. He's out there. He's working hard, and sometimes he, you know, he's just not the star. He's not the Patrick Kane or the Jonathan Taves. But uh, you know, let's say he can be the star. Jamie Ben, keep doing what you're doing. You're taking your team to the finals and you're going to hoist the cup, buddy. I'm going to say it right now. If you guys are betting money, put your money on Dallas. Let's do, let's go stars. So last time they were there, very controversial. So uh, it's late guys. Give me a break. But Brett Hall scored a goal. Uh, I believe it was in the first overtime in the first overtime, I believe. And, uh, it was on Dominic Hasek. Oh, 
Now, that's a great goalie. The Hawks should have never traded him. Never. That was probably the worst trade the Chicago Blackhawks ever made. Getting rid of Dominic Hasek. Are you kidding me? So he's in Buffalo. He takes his Sabres to the finals. And uh, in overtime, I believe it might have been a Game 7. We'll have to look that up. But uh, Brett Hall scored a goal the year that they made a rule that your foot couldn't even be in the goal crease, even if it wasn't interfering with the goalie. So if your skate was at all in the blue paint, no goal. And even if someone else is shooting and your heel was in, no goal. So there was a lot of goals disallowed that year. Well, Brett Hall, when he scores that goal, it's off a rebound. He's in front of the net. He's getting banged into the crease. His right foot or left foot is, you know, half in the blue paint. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it caused a lot of argument. We'll say that. And, uh, still to today, you see it on highlights and stuff, but know what, Brett Hall, you needed that ring, buddy. Congrats. He got one later with the Red Wings again, but we love Brett Hall, the golden Brett. We love him. But yeah, hockey, it's gotta be crazy right now. These guys have been in this bubble for for months now they started they started in there just back in training camp uh to isolate themselves and then they moved up to toronto and edmonton and then they started playing and they've been in it ever since and uh they're there without their families so i think maybe some of uh, they've came to town or they're there but uh no one's allowed in their arena and you're not allowed in the bubble. You're not allowed in the hotels or in the areas where they're allowed. So, you know, what's the point of even going there, right? I guess why go? Stay at home and relax. But, you know, I've experienced that not to this extreme. We, my first year in the Federal Hockey League, we made long road trips, long road trips. I mean, just a short one would be six days. That's a short one for the Danville Dashers, the first year in the Federal Hockey League. Uh, We just, Barry, our owner, had set it up like that, and uh, he thought it was going to save us money. So we'd go on these long trips and play a lot of games, and the worst one of that season was a, it was supposed to be, I think one game got canceled, but it was supposed to be a 12 game in 13 nights. I think we played 11 in 13 nights and uh, we're gone for 13 nights. So we're gone for two weeks and uh, it's rough. Oh man, those are rough road trips. How do you even pack for that? You can't bring enough luggage. You can't do laundry. What do you do? What do you do? Those are the dilemmas we went through. So what do you do? Bring what you can, buy more on the road, throw stuff away. What do you do? Bring home a bunch of dirty laundry. Who knows? Uh, Life on the road. It's no fun. But these guys are in the bubble, and uh, at the end of it, someone's going to get to hoist the Stanley Cup, and it's going to make all that time in the bubble well worth it. And when their families are celebrating with the Cup, and hopefully these guys have enough time in between when the Stanley Cup ends and when they start back up again, that, uh, you know, they'll actually have their one day with the Cup because that's a big thing. In the NHL, when you win, every player and coach and staff member, everyone, a lot of people, they get a day with the Cup. Some people, maybe not a whole day, things like that. But uh, most of every player on the team gets a whole day. They show up early in the morning and they're there 
well past bedtime. Don't worry about that. Till the bar closes, they're with you. And uh, you get to have as much fun with the cup as you can. And the cup caretakers, they're there with it. And they got their white gloves on. And it's a great time. And that is every hockey player's dream is to hoist the Stanley Cup. So you might be from another country and your goal is to win a gold medal. But at the end of the day, the NHL is the highest platform of hockey and the Stanley Cup is the Holy Grail. So every player dreams of it. And even if you're not a player, you're a coach one day, you dream of it. Everyone dreams of it. It's the reason why hockey players from a young age never touch the Stanley Cup. If you ever see a hockey player that's living to tradition, and if you ever take your kids to see it and they want to be an NHL player someday, you don't touch it. You don't touch it. You don't kiss it. You don't do anything until you win it. You can kiss it and hug it and do whatever you want, I guess, if you're just a fan and you don't care. And you're never going to try to compete for it. Or you never want the chance to compete for it. But that's been something, a rule of thumb throughout hockey. Don't touch the cup till you win it. So I guess it's worked so far for the guys that have won it. But yeah. You know, one of these long road trips, it was actually year two in the Federal League, we were gone for like nine days. And we came back and we were only home a few days during the week, maybe, uh, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, take off again Thursday, gone for another five or six days. And uh, that was when we got pregnant with Will. And, uh, you know, it's that time away. Time away makes you miss each other. So, but then, you know, now... It's not the same. You know, gone for nine days, come home. It's all about the kids now. So if you know what I'm talking about, it was different when we were single. It was different. So everyone will learn. Everyone will learn. But so to update you on what's going on with the fam, uh, Allie, everyone right now, they're upstairs. They're unwinding. They're resting. And, uh, you know, Will is just been absolutely killing it so uh bmx guys got a n- new race bike we picked him up a used redline mini pro and uh i tell you it made all the difference for that guy on the dirt track he's flying out there so happy for him competing having fun soccer this kid is amazing I honestly think if we just focused on soccer and pushed him and pushed him and pushed him he could play in any soccer league in the world. This guy is amazing. You know, the moves he's making, I don't know if it's from what we do with hockey and the moves and teaching, you know, the head jukes that he's incorporated incorporated into soccer now because he is just an amazing ball handler. He's great in traffic. His speed is amazing, and uh, he's been kicking the ball. It's like he's got a little cannon in his leg. So he's a lefty writing lefty a lot of things he throws a baseball with his right hand he kicks a soccer ball with his right foot the guy is ambidextrous scout also that little guy lefty as well eats and writes with his left hand so two righties had two lefties so i don't know if i've ever mentioned that on here but me and allison were both righties and scout and will are both lefties so we'll see what piper is but uh yeah we uh 
we're a phenomenon right there. That's a, you know, like I say, the 11th wonder of the world. And Ali says, what's the, all the other wonders of the world? And I said, well, Andre the Giant in China, eighth wonder of the world and ninth wonder of the world. And I said, there must be a 10th. So that would, we're the 11th. So, but yeah, everything's going good. Scout's doing awesome. Actually, he's made so much progress that now with the way they structure it for speech therapy, because uh, I've mentioned that Scout, little Scout, he's in speech therapies too. Uh, he was behind uh, by old standards, new standards. Now with the speech therapies he's gotten, he doesn't even qualify for any one-on-one speech therapy. He... Uh, He's now kind of caught up. So, you know, he's still talking a little bit baby-jabbled, but you uh, you really start to understand him. Other people who don't live with us, they're starting to understand him. So you know he's talking clear, and uh, that makes Allie so happy. She was uh, worried, but not worried, more just you want to communicate with your baby. You know, you look forward to that day where you could talk and, uh, you know, understand each other so they talk you understand what they want but uh you know it's another thing will was just such a quick learner will at this age was already you know having conversations not just three putting three words together that guy was talking he was a little gabby gabby so but william also he got a little early birthday present last week we uh we surprised him and uh, we took him to a wrestling show. At that wrestling show was Will's favorite WWE wrestler, Enzo Amore. So Enzo isn't in the WWE anymore. And he's independent. He's making music, the real one. You got to check him out. But he's Will's favorite wrestler. His theme, his gimmick is he's like a Guido from pretty much the Jersey Shore, New York, and uh, that's hilarious because, you know, we have so much family out east, and we love it, love the Jersey Shore, love that whole, that whole attitude, that, that whole style, you know, that's a style, you know, a blowout on your hair, doing that hair, the hair that Paulie D from the Jersey Shore has had now for probably 20 years, you know the commitment that is, the amount of gel and mousse and time spending on your hair every day, and then to make sure that you wash it all out every night so that it doesn't fall out, whew, man, what a commitment, and the girls too, their hair, the blowouts, the poofs, all that stuff, it's too much, it's too much for me. It's a lot of maintenance. I can't even shave. If you guys know me, I could go two months without shaving. Even a little trim on the side or anything, I'll let it all go. Oh, But yeah, it was unreal. It was unreal to see Will meet his favorite wrestler, his idol, his hero. He was. It was like me looking back as a kid thinking of the moment I could have met Hulk Hogan. You know, it was just so cool for Will to see that. But because of where we were and how indie shows, indie mean independent. So indie wrestling, independent wrestling is uh, little shows. They could have promotions pretty much anywhere. And uh, they put them on a show anywhere from a American Legion to a school gymnasium to uh, an old auditorium. 
But uh, right now, because of COVID, uh, you're seeing them pop up in uh, yards or, you know, piece of farm property. You're seeing them pop up in big pole barns and stuff like that on private property. But uh, this one, downtown Detroit in a side yard. Hoo-hoo. And uh, it was packed. And total chaos wrestling. So already on top of it, there is some crazy mofos there there's some crazy motherfuckers walking in this place you just it was unreal but uh we get in line we get up there and right away when enzo saw will it was just boom he just knew he knew right away he was like this guy's cool he knows he looked at will he knew i didn't say a word i stood back i filmed those two talk they went back and forth will pulled out his jordans he pulled out his enzo action figure so to have an enzo action figure as a six-year-old you know to enzo that's wild because you know I think he's been out of the WWE now for three or four years. So that means Will would have had to get it when he was two or three. So uh, Will found him on YouTube watching old WWE clips. And that's how he found Enzo and fell in love with him. And then we watch all his old pay-per-views and all this stuff. But uh, the guy is an awesome character. But in person, he is an awesome human being. Awesome. Enzo Amore, the real one awesome enzo was great to will and will's wrestling name is lorenzo so we have enzo and lorenzo and we have the real one enzo and we have the real deal lorenzo so (laughs) if you didn't get it will's character is strictly based off of enzo amore and uh that's a tip of the cap that's a tip of the cap to the real one because uh Will loves everything about it. So every move he does, the style, Will loves it, and he replicates it to a T. He's doing great in wrestling. and uh, But yeah, that guy is an athlete. He's an athlete. But you'll never believe it. During the show, Enzo's got his autograph booth and this and that. Well, the show starts, and right before intermission, all of a sudden, there's... Uh, you know, one of the heels, a heel's a bad guy wrestler. He's giving the crowd a hard time. Well, who comes out to save the crowd and save everyone and stick up for everyone is the baby face. Who's the baby face? That's the good guy. So the baby face comes out. Who's that? Enzo Amore. So the real one comes out and he chases off that little dick. I don't forget what his name, but they call him little dick. And uh, little dick gets chased off and... Uh, and it, it was awesome. He starts talking and boom, before you know it, he looks over and he goes, I need some help. And he looks over, he says, I need some help from the real deal. Lorenzo, get up here. He pulls Will up into the ring. At the same time, this old guy with scrambled eggs for brains thinks he's talking to him. So this old guy jumps up in the ring, almost knocks Will over. They both collide. You know, Enzo kicks the guy out. Good. Lucky Will didn't stunner him. But uh, they hung out. They did their little thing. They spelled out soft. So if you don't know that, that's one of Enzo's famous lines that Will loves. 
But uh, it was such a cool moment, such a cool moment. I caught it all on tape and uh, posted it. So if you haven't watched it, look back to last week and check it out because uh, it's literally a kid meeting his hero and his dreams coming true. He was so nervous when I told him who we were meeting. He almost started crying and then he got in the car and he almost had a breakdown and I thought we were going the wrong way, but we just stayed calm. I just, you know, got mom on the phone. We relaxed. We talked to him. I get, you know, instead of getting him up in line around a bunch of people and making him feel pressured, I let him move at his own speed. And man, when we got up there, he was, he was ready to meet Enzo. When he saw him, it, it was cool. We were all in line. Everyone's single file line. And Will is just hanging out to the right, leaning his head around everyone, trying to get that first glimpse of him. And uh, that's when I knew he was excited. And, uh, yeah, it was a blast. I honestly, I hope I could do that for all my kids because that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I hope every parent could do that for their kid. And, uh you know, just trust me, I'm, you know, I'm just doing the best I can because, uh, you know, I had a great mom and dad. Uh, we, everyone has rough times, this and that, but uh, when we're little, we, we never wanted for anything. We wanted, you know, you asked for stuff, but when you look back on it, we had everything you could ever need. And uh, I love my parents for that. But, uh, you know, you know, obviously, you know, not every family's that way. So, you know, it's rough. And, uh, you know, I think my family, us, we're going to do a better job in the future of getting out there and helping other families or less privileged. And especially when this is over, uh, we're going to come out of it because uh, we're going to come out of this thing stronger because this thing has been weighing down a lot of people and uh, everyone needs a little boost and we need a boost in morale when this is over. So not only do we want to bring a little bit of brightness and light to your life, but uh, we want to make sure that kids are safe. We want to make sure that, you know, women and moms are safe. We want to make sure that everyone's getting all the help they need because that's where, you know, this violence comes from. This violence comes from mental health issues. There's undiagnosed mental health issues or there's mental health issues where people can't get the medication or help they need because of numerous different reasons. They could have made too much money or you know, dishonorable discharge from the military, you lose your VA benefits, things like that. Uh, you know, that's stuff we need to, you know, we need to look into because that's where, uh, you know, gun violence, it's not the guns or the bullets, it's the people using the guns and their mindset, you know, you know, it's a, sometimes not even the way they were raised or what they're thinking. It's just a, a disease sometimes. They can't control it. And uh, not everything's a disease because California, you dirty sons of a bitches, I'm talking to you, the whole state of California. I don't know how you let them pass a bill, letting pedophiles get off easier or now it's legal or something. Are you guys crazy? You get what you deserve. Your state's on fire. I'm sorry. It's burning, good for you. Like, honestly, 
Like these are children. It's a, the, what I read was it was going to be pedophilia was going to be legal to the extent that if it was consented with a minor, which how does a minor have the capability to make that kind of decision? And, uh, yeah. Like, where does it end? Where's it going to end? You bunch of weirdos fucking weirdos like honestly i couldn't wait to go to california i've never been to california i wanted to go to california i wanted to see the redwoods come on these are the biggest oldest trees in the world they probably won't even be there anymore the whole thing's gonna burn to the ground and that's what you get because it's called karma karma bitches that's what you get like you shouldn't have done that i don't know who's listening but you should not make anything for pedos any less punishment legal like I, I I'm sorry to say it but if you touch kids or that's your thing to rape and molest children like there needs to be a gas chamber and that's it you get stuck in it I'm sorry like there's no coming back from it the studies I've read it can't even be cured because, you know, it's sad, but it's embedded into them because a lot, I don't even want to say a percentage, but if I could guess, it would be like 90% or higher were molested themselves as children. So it's sad and it's almost like an unbreakable cycle until we break it. So I have kids and... You know, I just think about if someone was to molest them or their friends or something like, you know, someone we knew, like, uh, I guess, like I said, I would never want to go to jail, but I'd do something at that point that would deserve jail time. So I'd either have to get away with it or, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'll be I'll be living in a cage because you don't touch kids. You don't touch kids. You don't. So let's let's get off that. Let's move on because I don't want to stick on stuff like that. Because you know what? There's enough shit going on in this world that we don't need to talk about how bad it is for an adult or anyone to do that to children or a minor, whatever you want to call them, whatever you want to say. But yes, I think everyone needs to follow the hashtag Save Our Children save the children there's a few different ones follow those hashtags you'll see stuff popping up there's more marches there's rallies there's protests getting out there so more stuff for children there's a lot of missing kids out there and a lot of people believe they're not missing and uh they didn't go missing they were kidnapped they were taken they're now part of a sex trafficking ring that goes around the world and uh that's sickening it's absolutely sickening so, you know, we have a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of stuff in our family. My brother, Phil, finally is tying the knot. Congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. Wedding bells this Saturday. So I know they had to do everything at the courthouse last week by themselves or, you know, they had a photographer with them, but not friends and family. And uh, I feel so sorry for them. When this all started back in March, they were supposed to have a wedding this September with over 200 people there. 
They were going to have an awesome wedding. It was going to be on a farm. It was going to be epic. So uh, things changed. It's smaller now, but I cannot wait. So I cannot wait to celebrate with them, be with family, and uh, you know, have some fun and eat some good food. Oh, man, Chicago food. But know what? Talking about food, I just found a food spot in Detroit. So when you guys are in Detroit, our food spot, our spoon drop of the week, Lefties. Lefties Cheesesteaks. Check them out on Instagram. It's Lefties Cheesesteaks Originals. They got like 50 locations now or something around Detroit. They're popping up everywhere. Every week there's a new one. This place is unreal unreal i had the cheesesteak burger and the cheesesteak yep that's right did both boom that's the spoon drop this week they were delicious you need to check it out mr sandwich man i put the post up there so remember be kind to each other take care of each other wash your hands be safe and uh let's 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 do this again next week so that was episode six the spoon drop see you guys next week follow us Check us out, share this, and uh, let your friends know. You can listen to us anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. So no excuses. No excuses, bitches. Get